right, let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 15 this morning. Romans chapter 15. And let's look at a few things about our call and about our responsibility as a Christian um, that has to do with missions, okay? Didn't y'all enjoy the Oric family? Weren't they just a first-class family? Weren't they just really good? All right, so Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Now, I want us to understand that um, there is one great truth that is plainly and clearly stated in the Bible, and here's what it is. Are you ready? That Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. That, that's, that, that is the one great truth in our Bible that we, that we understand is to be complete truth, that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And let it be known, listen, listen, Cornerstone, let it be known that when, that when Jesus was, was crucified on that cross, when he gave up the ghost for us, and I want you to understand that, that, that when his arms were stretched out upon that cross and that he died and gave up the Holy Ghost, that those same arms reached around the whole entire world for then and for all of eternity. Can you give the Lord a hand this morning about that? I mean, there's no other way in which we can be saved. And when Christ died, I mean, he, he, he reached them around the whole world, and it even touches us today. And it touches those even in wells. They have the opportunity. Now, we understand that in light of his love for the whole world, it's understandable that just before the Lord Jesus ascended back into heaven, listen to this, that he commissioned all Christians, listen, he commissioned all Christians then and now to tell the whole world of his love. And he said to his disciples, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person you come into contact with. You know, and I have this on the screen for you, but in those words we find a great truth. And that great truth is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And there's a great task here. And that great task is that, is, is that we're to tell others that he died for their sin. And we find a great target, and that is the world. And that every nation, every race, and every sinner, they are to be, they are to be informed and introduced to the glorious truth that Jesus Christ died for their sins. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we support missionaries here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, so that we can financially support those to go to those places that we can't go, to, to take that task, the gospel message to people, to let them know that Jesus Christ died for their sins and that they can have everlasting life if they come to know Christ as their Savior. And that's why the orcs are here this morning, because, because you know, the Wells people, they're not going to, to believe and understand and get saved by osmosis. Everybody? They're going to believe because someone tells them. The Bible says that we're to go into the whole world. And what does it say? Tell. we got to go verbally tell that the Holy Spirit uh, convict them of their souls. Now, I want to say this, and that um, our pre-service Sunday school hour in, in, in the cafeteria was, I thought it was a great time. Did y'all think so? I thought it was good. But, he's, but uh, Missy said something that, was, that was really, really struck me. And uh, she said that, um, that, you know, walking in the streets of Wells, it, it's, it's different than walking the streets of the United States of America. She says that when, when, they, when, they, when they go outside um, and, and they're walking and they're maybe passing out tracks or they're going on visitation, that it feels very dark. It feels very dark. 
And, and do we know why it feels very dark? It's because the Holy Spirit's not there. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that makes that difference. You know, we can be in our homes and we can feel the working of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and wherever we go, that is. But when you get out and you go somewhere where it's gloomy, you know, and, and dark feeling, it's because, you know, there's, there's no Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we're to do something about that, you know, um, we're, we're to take the gospel message and we're to support missionaries and missions and we're to support people like the Oric family. Now, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 15, and I want us to take a brief look here at um, the Apostle Paul, and he's on his way to Spain. And I kind of entitled the message, I'm on the way, and so I want us all to, to, maybe, to maybe figure out in our own hearts, you know, what is our way, and where are we going, and what is our responsibility in the missions? I mean, can you honestly say that I'm on the way? Paul told the church of Jerusalem, he says, I'm on my way to Spain. He knew what he was doing, he knew what God had called him to do. And so, so this morning, do, do you know what your way is when it comes to missions, when it comes to that responsibility of being commissioned to take the gospel to other people? Are you on the way? A- am I on the way? I- I'm talking for you. Am I on the way? Are you on the way? I, I read a book some years ago, and, and it's, it's by James Herbert Cain, and the book is entitled The Making of a Missionary. Listen to this, and I didn't put this on the screen for you. But he he said this, and I quote, God is a missionary God. The Bible is a missionary book. The gospel is a missionary message. The church is a missionary institution. And when the church ceases to be missionary-minded, it has denied its faith and betrayed its trust. Pretty pretty strong, huh? Remember a few months ago I said this when we were going through our our series, We Care about About the Lost, and I made this comment that you're either a missionary or you're a fraud. If you're a Christian, you're either a missionary or you're a fraud this morning. And where you sit, you're a fraud. Look with me at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. I want us to start in verse 14. And it says, And concerning you, my brethren... Uh, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, also able also to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God. And this is Paul talking. And he said, here's that grace. He says, it was by grace that God gave this to me. Look at it. He says, to be A priest, it says in the King James, or a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable. Underline that word offering and underline that word Gentiles. May become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, Paul says, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed. In the power of signs and wonders and the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. 
Notice that it says, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Look at verse 20. And thus I aspired to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. So let's look at three things this morning real quick about this wonderful missionary uh, called the Apostle Paul. Notice point number one. Look in verse 16. Notice, notice our assignment, but we want to look at Paul's assignment. Now, we all have assignment. We all have a place and a direction to go. And, you know, I was talking this morning about we have some young people in our youth group that have been called to do missions. Isn't that great? Give the Lord a hand on that, will you? And so we want to encourage them. And I, but, but here's the thing is that we're all missionaries. You know, they have, just, they have just said, okay, I surrender to go, God, wherever you have me to go. Maybe it's Wells. Maybe they're going to come help you out in about six years. Wouldn't that be great? I tell you, well, these two here that surrender, they're going to be first-class missionaries. I'll tell you that much. But, uh, but maybe, maybe it's to go somewhere else. But, but look, we, we, we all have an assignment. Every single one of us have an assignment. We all have to be missionaries. You know, right here in our local church, we need people working in the nursery being a missionary to those kids. Can I get an amen, Sandy? And, 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 and we need people working with our children's ministry. Hey, we have a great deficit in our church. We, we need someone to, to, to have a passion for ladies' ministry here by the grace of God. We need a missionary to do that. We, and God's calling somebody to do it. And we've got to answer that call. And, and, and we, we, we're missionaries where we support other missionaries going to other places. But we all have an assignment. We, we all have that assignment that God, just like, the, just like the Apostle Paul, he was told to go to Spain. Now look, all of his friends in Jerusalem said, hey, come by our place, come by our place. We miss you, Paul. We love you, Paul. Come here. And Paul's, as much as Paul loved his, 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 his guys in Jerusalem, he says, I can't go there. I, I've got to go somewhere else because, because God wants me to go somewhere where no man's gone before because they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, we all have an assignment that God wants us to do. And if we're not going to do it, then nobody else is going to do it. Right? Now, look, look at Paul's assignment again in verse 16. I, I, and I want to put this together for you. And, and I want to just cram this all in for you. But this is all good. Notice he says that he was a minister of Jesus Christ. Now, that word minister that he used was a descriptive word of a, of a priestly duty in carrying out priestly functions. And, and Paul saw his service to God as an act. Listen to me close. As an act of priestly consecration and the offering he offered up to God was is in verse 17. Look at it. I had general underline it. The Gentiles that were saved under his ministry, the seeds that he planted. The Bible speaks of how Christ has made us, in, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, how he's made us kings and priests unto God. Priests. And these offerings are those that we personally win to Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul says, right? And those of which we personally plant the seed, our witness, or that we give to faith promise missions, listen, or that we or that we pray for a missionary. Those are these offerings that he's talking about. So I want you to see, number one, we need to follow that call just like Abraham or just like uh, Paul did. God had called Paul and he responded. God had made known his plan and purpose for his life. And notice it says that he obeyed. Acts chapter 9 tells that glorious story of his conversion. Acts chapter 9, verse 15, I think I have it on the screen for you. It says that he is chosen vessel unto me, Jesus said, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. 
And then we'll read, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And God called, listen, and Paul followed. He had an assignment, and he said he was on the way. Now, I want you to understand that like Paul, we all um, have received a call from God, and, and you have a call to serve God. You have a call to be involved in reaching others for Jesus Christ. And listen to me, there are no exceptions. There's no exceptions. We all have a call. Now, here's what I understand that sometimes as we think, as we think uh, you know, Pastor, you know, I don't have a call in my life. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And sometimes we just need to put our ear down to the Bible and listen to the command for us to go. That's our call. Every born-again believer has that call. And, you know, maybe, just maybe we need to pit our ears and open them up to those that are without Christ and who are welling and listen to, again, to their voices, you know, telling us to go and, 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 and talk to their families and friends and tell them that hell is real. Listen, we, we've got to wake up and open up and, 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 and adhere to that call that God has given us. And we have an opportunity to do that through missions, through, through faith promise missions. And so we do have that call. And like Paul, we must put our ear to the Bible. We must listen to him and do as he says. And number two is we got to fulfill that call. Look at verse 17. You know, Paul was saying that as a priest, he had been blessed by God to be able to bring many that had led to, to Christ and offer them as a sacrifice to God. You know, look at the last part of verse 19. It says, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout unto Akurikim, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And, and here, I want you to see this. So what he's saying is all the way from here, all the way over here, he says, I have, what does he say? He says, I have, what? Fully preached Christ. Now, that word fully is an interesting word in the Greek. And, and the word picture of that word in the Greek is to stuff something, to cram, to cram, to cram. So, so the picture is you take a hole and you, and you stuff it and you cram it and you cram it and you cram it and you cram it. You know, guys, we were stuffing those bags yesterday, all those leaves and dirt. And, and, and you know, we were stuffing and shaking and pushing. And so that's what the Apostle Paul was saying is, is that, that he is going from here and he is going to there and he is fully preaching Christ. In other words, it doesn't matter when it is or where it is or how it is. He's persuaded that Christ is the one who, who can be, call us to be saved and he is no matter where he goes he is cramming it in he is everywhere he can go he's just doing all that he can to preach jesus christ and listen cornerstone we've got to be doing some cramming around here and it's not just us answering the call to go to a mission field. It's about us being involved in missions. It's about us being involved in outreach. It's about us being involved in visitation. It's about us being involved in preaching Christ wherever we go. Going to our schools, going to our workplaces, in the backyard, and with our neighbors, whatever it is, got to do some cramming and some feeling around here. Everybody say amen. So that's what the Apostle Paul, he responded, and that's what he did. And number two, um, just real quick, notice Paul's ambition here in verse 20. Notice the word strive. Now, this is a word that Paul only used on three occasions in, in all of his writings. It is a word that speaks of one's ambition or goal, okay? This word strive, it speaks of his ambition or his goal. It had been the ambition and goal of Paul to preach the gospel to those who had never heard the message. You know, when Paul woke up and when he went to bed and, 
as he made his tents and as he ate and fellowshiped or whatever he did, his passion was to please God and be a minister of, of, of his word indeed. Now, I know that we all have passion. I've seen it in you. But do you have passion for God? Do you have passion for, for the message, for the task? Galatians chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says that, that we reap what we sow. Now listen to me close. It says that we reap what we sow. And so it stands to, in my mind to say, okay, so whatever I have a passion for is going to be evident in my life. And so therefore I'm going to reap what I sow. And so, so what are you planting? You know, what will your legacy be? Let me ask you this. If you're planting and sowing, what, what is your return? You know, if you're a farmer, you can't plant a tomato seed and get squash, right? And you just can't put, put one seed per 80 acres and expect to get a great big harvest. What is your return? What's it going to be? Let me ask you, what is your passion? Let me ask you this, and according to the Apostle Paul, he, he, was, you know, he was saying that all those that he planted seeds with and he led to the Lord or planted those seeds for, he says that was the praise that he gave to God. That was his sacrifice, right? And, you know, and, 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 and when the Apostle Paul finally got to go to heaven, do you know who was, who was receiving him into heaven? All those people that he led to Christ. Huh. Isn't that incredible? Who's going to be receiving you? Who's going to be receiving you? Now, it's all about God's glory, right? But let's just be real about it for a minute here. And, and you know, missions, faith promise missions is one way, listen, that, that we can make some investment into that eternal state for people. We can. And so Paul wanted every person to hear about Christ, and that's why his goal was to go where no man had labored and served before. You know, the orcs are going over to wells, and it, it, it used to be the hub for missionaries. It used to be, I mean, people would go, come out of there and go all over the world. They would come here to the United States to be missionaries. And now it's, it's post-Christian. Now it's one of the darkest places in all of the earth. He was saying that, you know, anywhere you're just one generation away of being without Christianity. But in wells, they are at the last generation right now. And they've got to get in there, and they've got to impact some people. Um, you, you missed this morning, but he was saying that, you know, you've, they've got, you know, 70-year-olds and 80-year-olds who still believe, but they don't have the influence, they don't have the abilities, but they're still trying to do all that they can do, but they're just limited. And so, and so their goal is to go in and to be that lighthouse for Christ, and so they can wake up this newer generation so that people can be, can be one to Christ. Everybody say amen. And, and that's what missions is. And then lastly, lastly, um, notice the aid of Paul. And you all know this, but I want to be, just remind you, look at verse 28. In verse 28, Paul makes an interesting statement, and he says, he says, I will, I, I will come by you into Spain. And, and so Paul not only expressed the great love he had for the believers at Rome, but it also indicated it was by them that he was able to go to Spain. And we know that throughout all the New Testament, you know, that other churches helped other people go into different places. Again, missionaries. 
And you know, while we have a call to be, minister, to be ministers of the gospel and preach the word, we see also that we have the responsibility for worldwide missions. And we are to make it a priority to help others to go to their field, to go to that country that God has called them to go, and to, to, to fulfill that great commission. And to have a complete vision for missions is to be active in the giving of not only our talents and our prayers, but also our pocketbooks. So a couple of things we're to do um, to send others. Number one is we're to open up our, our billfolds. In verse 26 we read, look at it. It says, For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the saints which are at Jerusalem. You know, talking about reaping a harvest, you know, we just got to open it up and trust in God and ask him what he wants us to do. But number two is that we not only do we give as a church, but listen, the Bible says we have to pray. Everybody say, say amen. I, you know, I think that we have to pray. I, I heard about a story, and I want to just I want to share this with you. And I want you to know um, just how important it is to pray for our missionaries. But there is a, but there is a story um, in, uh, of Dr. Thurman Wade of the Macedonia Missions. And he said that one Sunday morning at the church that he pulled out, he pulled out a prayer card. Um, you know, a prayer card, and it was it was his prayer card. He was he was a missionary, and he was at this church, and he pulled out this this prayer card, and he showed it to the congregation. And on that card, on the front and on the back, were little X's, and it was just covered on both sides. And and he explained that those X's, those X's, um, um, that this card was given to him by a dear lady. And when and the family gave him, she had passed away and had gave this missionary his card, and it and it had X's. And the family told him that what that the X's represent is that's that's uh, X represents every time that their mother had prayed for him, that missionary. And it was it was on the front and on the back. And so you know, church, I'm just saying this is that um, it's important to pray for our missionaries. And to be active about it. Let me ask you this. When is the last time that you prayed for a missionary? I mean, really just sat down and, and, and you got on your knees and you fervently stepped in and prayed for a missionary. I mean, it's important, guys. Everybody? It's important that we understand that missions is our responsibility. Amen? So we're all missionaries, and if we're not being missionaries, we're being frauds. Paul was going to Spain on the financial gifts and prayers of these believers at Rome. Who was going to the mission field on your behalf that you're giving to and that you're praying for? That's the question, right? Let's just bow our heads for a minute. And um, you reap what you sow. That's just biblical. How are you doing as a missionary? And I, and I, and I know I did a lot of point finger, finger pointing and stepping on your toes a little bit this morning. But you know, sometimes as a preacher, as a pastor, sometimes, you know, we do have to get you in the corner and just not let you out until we say, 
I understand. I mean, that's that's part of preaching because because we want to be all that we can be for the glory of Jesus Christ. And so we all have a command and we're all missionaries and we're all to respond. So how are you doing this morning as a missionary? Is God dealing with you about going somewhere? Surrender yourself. Is God dealing with you about giving to missions? You know, just as I was walking in this this morning and one of our ladies said said, you know, I want to I want to give I want to give to the Oryx. How do I do it? And so I told her. But maybe you've not, you haven't given to missions, and maybe this morning that God is, is, is speaking to you about, about giving. Or maybe, it's a, maybe you give, but you don't pray like you should. So let me just be that encouragement to you, to be that missionary, whether it's that missionary that's going to go or whether it's going to be the one that gives and prays. But whatever it is, be that missionary and answer that call, that command that God has given to all of us. Father, we love you this morning. And we ask you to bless our time here this morning. Thank you for the Oryx being here. And Lord, I, I pray that we as a, as a church family can continue to make the difference in people's lives across this world by putting missions uh, important to us, Lord, that we give and that we pray and that we support these missionaries that you have called to go to these, to these fields. Lord, I pray that you're glorified in everything. Um, that we're doing here. And Father, I also pray this morning that if there's one here that's never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and that, you know, um, they don't know anything about this because they first have to come to know you. And Lord, I pray this morning that you'll just speak to their hearts and allow them to realize that Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died for the sins of this world. But more importantly, not only did he, that he died, but he died that to give them everlasting life. And that if we will accept you and accept that truth and believe uh, in you and profess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that we, that Jesus Christ, shall, that he raised again, that Lord, that we can have everlasting life with you. Lord, I pray this morning, if there's one here that's not saved, that they'll come. And whatever it is this morning, we pray that you'll just have your way in our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me this morning, please.